Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. How you doing? It's Mick Tully. I can't believe it. The boys have finally allowed me to open up on the show. Normally, the guys always do the opener, not me. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how we've returned back post-COVID post-corona uh some people haven't stopped we already know that so we'll we'll go straight out of the gate knowing that one but what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about how gyms are now trying to get back in there especially with you know martial arts quite funny stay a meter away or for you guys over there in the colonies in the in america uh it's, i think it's like three foot or something you guys still say we, we use the metric system you wouldn't know about that but anyway oh i have no idea uh but it's quite hard to do martial arts unless you've got inspected gadget arms and legs to stay a meter away. So it's been a bit of a stumbling block for quite a few of us. So what we're going to do is we're going to go straight into it. And I'm going to go straight to Nathan Leverton for the simple reason, because you're back now and things are starting to move again. So how have you found it? Yeah, so uh, it's end of July as we're doing this. And we're about a week past Freedom Day, as they called it here which is a very American-sounding way of <laughs> deciding that uh, coronavirus is over. Um, but it's not over. We got At this time, we've got over 30,000 cases a day. And I know a lot of young people, a lot of students and former students who are, have got it right now, who are ill right now. And it seems to be absolutely spreading like wildfire. There's a couple of gyms that I know that have had to close down straight away because everyone, staff and members and everybody's got it. Um, and that's the thing, this like complete drop of restrictions in one go, which makes no sense. Obviously, it's just everywhere now. Um, and I know gyms have taken, you know, different routes with how to deal with this, both during the, the lockdown. And I guess we can talk about that and tread carefully through that. But also right now, we're trying to be a little bit careful. Obviously, we're doing a single training partner or we're doing training bubbles. We're not just letting it spread like through everybody which is what's been happening so far. So good. No cases. Obviously, we're really heavily um, like emphasizing if someone's feeling ill or been around someone, who just don't come into the gym, which 
I wish they would do anyway because you know but then again hygiene's not always been the best thing in gyms and that's probably something else we can we can cover um so I mean we don't want to drop anyone in it obviously but I mean what's your experience with different gyms and how they've handled this me I'll tell you right now straight off the bat uh I've I've said two things for a long time one of them we will touch on which so with social media which uh people say it's the work of the devil but i quite like it because all those years i would have had to invest in having conversations and relationships with people uh now all i have to do is just go onto their timeline read the last six months and then realize whether or not they're an idiot or not and then just put them in that box and go right yeah well you're a guy that i don't really deal with unless obviously i'm just bored and i want to poke you a little bit um but yeah it's been very very strange for me to watch the people I thought were going to be really responsible weren't. And the people that I thought were the most irresponsible characters. Like, I mean, I've got friends of mine who are so irresponsible. But when it came to the gyms, they, they were actually really smart. You know, as I've said several times before, Nathan, you were the guy that made me realise that this was a real thing. You know, it was, you know, when we had a conversation and it was that point where it, it was... As I said before, I, I've said several times about COVID. I used to love a conspiracy theory. I loved going YouTube, Bohemian Grove, the whole nine yards. I loved it until I was living in the middle of it. And then it was like, yeah. And then when I'm going to like, I'm going to ASDA for you guys in America, Walmart, right? I'm walking in there and people are fighting each other over toilet roll. And, you know, and I'm like, God, this is the end of the world. And then, you know, the trading part didn't bother me. I didn't, I'm, it was like more important. So, yeah. you, you, you were due to go to Italy, like right at the start of this, weren't you? Like literally just as <laughs> it was just Dates. as it was starting in Italy, you were supposed to be going out there. Yeah, well, you see, this is the thing. I'd spoken to a few friends of mine. We were going out there. We had an Inno Santo seminar out there. And you got to remember, hindsight's a great thing. So now everyone's got an opinion. Everyone could be judgmental about it. But you got to remember, the world turned upside down. You know, I, I, one, of the ex, one of the things I've often said, uh, through all of this is we're going to get back to normal we'll get back to normal and what i always say is richard reed the shoe bomber jumped onto a plane with literally a firework in his air jordans right that was it it changed the world that was a guy putting putting on a pair of sneakers with a firework in it and changed right we've had how many million people die and people go we're going to go back to normal it's like you said the freedom the freedom the freedom day thing really freaked me out because I was expecting Will Smith to turn up at some stage, because that's the only thing that we didn't have. We didn't have Randy Quaid lose his mind or Woody Harrelson, and then Will Smith turn up, and literally with Harry Connick Jr. smoking a cigar and going, right, so is it zombies, is it aliens? Because I, 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 I've said that all the way through this. Yeah, if we talk about a shit show bingo, right? Literally, the only thing we're missing now are aliens and zombies. We've had everything else. Like, literally, we had the little monkey from uh, Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman. You know what I mean? I literally just... Is that the end of the... Oh, God. Uh, apologies if you can hear anything in the background. That's literally Thunderdome right now. You know what I mean? It's They're round, circling around my house. No, but it, as I said, I was supposed to go to Italy. And then my friends, my Italian friends were saying to me, Mick, they're closing whole towns down. And I, then I rang you, Nathan, and I was like, they're closing towns down, man. And then my friend Raffaella kept saying to me, no, Mick, there's no one going in, no one coming out. And I was a civil rights. And she went, Mick, do you know anything about the Italian police? 
guess what? Anyone says a word, they get a truncheon across the head. So that's why I was going right up until the day before. And I went over to get some money changed at the bureau to change. And when I went, it was closed. And I came back and said to my wife, I've had a bad feeling all week about going to Italy. I'm just not going to go. And then the next thing you know, boom, that kicks off. And then people were losing their minds for a while. And, you know, the training was funny because to get back to that, I, I have friends of mine that were like, no, nothing changed for me. I just carried on training. And I'm, I was like, I never left the house for seven weeks. My wife wasn't allowed. I, 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 it wasn't like she was in the house arrested. It wasn't like, it wasn't like coercive bullying or any of that stuff. I just said to my wife, I just don't think it's fair for you to go out because you're asthmatic, I'm not. So I just go shopping, buy the bare essentials. And as I said before, I loved it. Like, this is the truth. COVID to me, even getting it when I had it last year was a gift because it made me question everything. What was important, which really was my wife and my children. That was it. Business I didn't give a crap about. And then uh, when I got COVID and I had three days where I thought I was going to die, I was like, God almighty. Ouch. And, like, and for a guy who's got a really happy go, lucky outlook, when you stare down the barrel of the gun, because it's like, again, this is unprecedented times because you've got COVID, you're feeling terrible. And then every time you look at anything to do with social media or anything to do with the media, they're going, you know, loads of people are dying, don't you, Mick? And like, there's my amygdala's going, you're going to die soon, Mick. And I'm like, no, no, what? I'm going to live to be a hundred. And I'm like, shit, I'm halfway through already. So yeah, it's been, for me, it's been dead interesting watching these guys. Like Nathan, me and you both know. And again, I, if you want to know the truth, at the start of it, I was really pissed off with quite a few people. But then I'm just thinking people are dealing with it differently. But it's irresponsible, Nathan. I mean, yeah. So like on the one hand, I don't blame some of the gyms for staying open, especially the ones that were like small communities and they were looking after their their people. Um, you know, looking after the mental health of their people and being as careful as they can and doing, you know, up in their hygiene procedures and that kind of thing. And in some ways, they maybe save lives, right? Because people are, you know, a lot of people's mental health is based around their training. Um, I think the ones that I do have a problem with were the ones who were like trying to poach people, were trying to poach, you know, we're like, we're just absolutely using it as an opportunity to try and steal some ground on other gyms. Um, and also people who were talking about other gyms who were closing and trying to protect their members in a disparaging way. Like that's the stuff that was like, okay, now, now it's shown who you are, you know, it's shown the kind of people you are. Yeah. I mean, that, that feels like a natural point for me to jump in on because I'm a casualty of that later group. You know, <clears throat> there's our gym closed down, uh, what was it? June, um, permanently. And we've talked a little bit about it on the show already, I think, but, um, there's several factors of course that lead to that, but, the last several final straws that broke the camel's back were, were COVID related and in particular other schools in my community staying open and poaching guys from us. And um, yeah, it was surprising because there was a couple of people where I was like, man, I thought that was a pretty solid dude. And now you come to find out, oh, okay. You know, I, you can definitely see people's true colors. That was true on social media in a lot of different ways. But Mick, like you said, there was also a lot of emotions running high in that stage of the game, you know, early on. And so some people were being reactive and reflexive about different things. And I'm sure I was too. Um, so that kind of stuff, you kind of, it's, it's very contextual online, but, but guys, I know 
in my community or in the extended area here uh, who are just kind of fighting dirty at the end of it, who they have a big smile on their face when they see you, but as soon as you turn around, it turns out, you know, um, that's pretty frustrating. And I was sort of pissed at myself too, in a lot of ways, because I, I tend to have a good nose for that, right? And martial art, you, you figure, well, even if you notice something on someone, like a lot of us in martial art are weirdos, or a lot of us are have ego stuff, or you know what I mean? So that's fine, we're, we're all brothers, but you know, that sort of thing. You, you try to run with that attitude. That was something that really got blown apart for me this last year is this, this sense of, it's not a word that I really would use anymore or, or have for a while, but that sense of brotherhood that, that people want to uh, put out there really at the end of the day, especially if you're running a business, that's going to take backseat to, to the business running. And while I can respect that, what I don't respect is if our mission, and I'm thinking of some of these individuals in particular, like myself, if our mission with our business is to support, promote, educate, develop healthy habits and safe habits in our community members, and then COVID hits and we're like, oh, screw that, we're just going to stay open and do whatever, then everything about you is a farce at, at that point to me. That That's super hypocritical. I hadn't thought of the idea that there might be some spots where they were low key staying open for people's mental health. You know, like you had said, Nathan, I think that's a good point. Um, certainly that's a foot we always put forward in my gym is the mental health support aspect of it. And I maybe should have thought of that. Maybe I'm cynical. Maybe I'm bitter. Some of these guys, when I look at them, I'm like, I don't think that's what you're doing. <laughs> you know, I, there might be some examples of that out there but I don't know that I know too many of them. I maybe know, like I know one guy from a gym that stayed open who privately was telling me he didn't want to keep teaching, but one knew it was helping people. And two, the other guys in the gym kind of outvoted him. You know what I mean? And so now in solidarity, he felt like he had to keep going. Uh, Michigan, where I live, had some of the strictest policies throughout the entire COVID experience we've been open publicly as a state for several months now, different than you guys. Um, but throughout the thing was, was some of the strictest. And there was a, an, an initiative set up by an MMA gym in the state um, to protest, I guess would be the word, the rulings from the governor. And so a lot of other MMA and BJJ gyms fell in line with that uh, in, in a sense to support that cause. I really think a lot of it was um, there was maybe some peer pressure kind of stuff in there and that sense of camaraderie, but a lot of it was, okay, well, here's an excuse. You know, if, if we're not the only ones staying open, then it's harder for them to get everybody. Now we're just part of a movement to keep things open. And that can really make you feel pretty good if you're part of a movement, as opposed to just one guy who's keeping your school open and hoping nobody finds out. It's, uh, you know, you just hit on something there. Um, one thing that really, really, you know, yeah, I don't want to sound like Peter Griffin from Family Guys, but what really grinds my gears was I was watching these guys, um, um, MMA, it, it, it's, it's the truth, like I've, I've said several times before, and it, it's a matter of fact, it really is. Uh, my, my own BJJ school, we, we were dead, dead strict. We were like properly, and it like, again, you know, Neil Simkin and Andy McCready, who have like Gracie Barrow Warsaw, Gracie Barrow Canuck and Erlington, they actually ended up having a growth period. We had guys sign up 
while they were doing the Zoom classes, but like, you know, you know, you know, Neil Simkin, it was like, there was three classes a day and he was uh, delivering them like literally with Vigat and he was there and he kept doing, he basically, he handled it like perfectly well. And then Nathan, I've said several times, Nathan's easily the only guy I know that really, really, in, in, in the MOA, MMA world, that stuck with it. So it was like, the door is closed, that's it. Did the Zoom thing, but that was it. Uh, but what really got me was, there was, two, there was it was almost like two separate, uh, I, I, can, I can't use any other word apart from excuses. So you had the guys that were turning around and it, they were literally total deniers. And, like, and it infuriates me because they would be like that. You know, it's, you know, it, you know, it doesn't exist. It, it's just not even a thing. And then, like, you know, which I won't mind. I quite like that group because they're only literally 20 or 30 seconds away from blaming it on the Illuminati or, you know, there's a FEMA camp being built down the bottom of the road. So, you know, that's always quite amusing and crack. But then you had the other guys who were dead, dead, dead against it. And they were talking about civil liberties and stuff. And they were like, yeah, but the thing is, everyone else might be scared, but I'm a martial artist. I'm not going to be scared. And that was the bit, bit where it was like, are you afraid of this? And I'm like, do you know what? I'm wary of a fucking gun. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I can pretend it doesn't exist, but that gun exists and it can kill me. And then we just didn't know what was going on with COVID. And they were the ones that absolutely infuriated me because they were like, oh, what sort of man are you to not, you know, to, to be scared? And I'm like, uh, a rational man? Nathan? Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the different groups. I definitely saw, yeah, the deniers and the people who were just kind of, stand, you know, supposedly standing up against it. Um, and it's weird, they were the ones that are actually often the more in many ways legitimate martial artists there were the people who just are on the mat all day every day and maybe that's why they're not that educated or maybe that's why they have the opinions they do but there was also like the groups of the the more business orientated shall we say martial arts schools who were either like i'm gonna use, i'm just gonna be savage here and just completely try and make money during this period and then also there was the ones who were pleading poverty and stuff and that was one of the ones that really annoyed me yeah there was guys who were like you know, we need your donations. This is going to be such a terrible time. We need to get through this. And you're driving around in a nice car. You've got three houses. You've got all this. And it's like, well, I'm living, you know, often hands about in rented accommodation near my gym, not making much money even before it closed often. Um, and you're, you know, you're, you're giving black belts to five-year-olds and making, you know, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. And now suddenly you're uh, like, you're, you're talking about how terrible this is. It's funny. It's it's like um, I said. I won't mention names because these guys are very well known in the UK. And it was the Friday. I think I might have mentioned this before. It was in in the UK. We had there was two pivotal moments. So you had a week where Boris Johnson turned around, and it was really funny because it just like the guy's a rat anyway. I don't care if you're watching this, Boris. You're a rat, right? But the thing was where he sorry about that. Well, you might have to edit that bit out. Yeah. We don't, we don't know if he's a fan. No, keep it there. Yeah, Nathan Edmondson, no, keep it in. So don't course, you dare. Rat is the very nicest thing I would ever call him. So the thing is, he had the first week where he goes, we advise you to close. And immediately, me, I was like that going, there's something there because this is a way of getting out of either paying, you know, 
uh, pay out on insurance or something. There's a legal aspect to why he's advising it, you know, not compelling people to do it. So that was when they started to get the ripples a little bit. You could see the fear come up. And then the following week, that was when all pubs closed on the Friday night. You know, Facebook was just a wash with guys jumping up and down on bar tops drinking because the landlords were like, we've got to get rid of all of the beer. Just pay, everyone pay 20 quid and just drink the lot. And I'm looking at this going, I haven't left the house then for a week. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how anyone could do this. And that, it was at that moment where, God forgive me for saying this, I'm thinking to myself, if only COVID affected nor you know, just like morons, this would be the greatest gift ever. You know what I mean? It's like if we could get a 12 monkeys virus just for morons, you know, trust me, I'd get the ginger ponytail and deliver it. But what happened that night was two guys I know who have got massive academies. And again, it's not a judgment call because the thing is they've built these businesses up. They're huge. They're all over like social media. They're, they're literally, it was, the only way I can explain it is it sort of started off like it was a telethon. So, you know, it was, you know, like, you know, dollars for Jesus, baby, you know, stuff like that. And then, then they were going, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. And then literally within 30 seconds, they're crying and they're like, and I'm thinking, you guys are leaders of men. You, you're, you're, you're the guy that says, bring your kid to me and I will make your child a champion. And I'm like, right. And now you can, you know, it might be a month, might be two months, might be six months. Who knows? But I thought you guys were warriors. I thought you talked about there's different ways to fight this. You know, as, as I've said before, it's not because Nathan's one of my best friends. It's just I really believe this. Nathan Leverton approached this the same way he would approach an MMA fight. He had strategies and tactics. And that, like Nathan will tell you, as he was approaching it, it was like, shit, OK, that single leg's not going to work. Oh, no, that double leg's not going to work. But it was like, all right, can I just get round? Can I get to the end of the round? And that's the thing. Yeah, the, the way I've seen people approach is everything. Uh, Nathan. Yeah, maybe you're giving me a bit too much credit there. I was as uh, nervous with it as anybody. I, I definitely planned out going, right, if, you know, can we afford to be shut for this amount of time and then worked off that. Um, I thought at the most it was going to be a year. Obviously, when everyone was saying a couple of months, I did say to my guys on the last day, you know, it'd be it'd probably be a couple of months uh, just to start with and then we'll see. But obviously Leicester had the longest lockdown in the whole of the UK. We were pretty much locked down the whole time. We had the, the worst restrictions and the longest lockdown. Um, we had a, a very small period where we were allowed to do pad work for about two months at the end of last year and that was it. That's the only other time we've had it. So, um, so yeah, it, it was hard, but I feel like I'm, we're being a bit negative about this. You know, we talk about trying to find the good and stuff and things. So, like, how do you guys feel coming back? I, I was don't go now. I was touch and go for for our gym, you know. And I know, uh, like, you know, Kurt lost his, and now he's back. But and it is hard coming back. It is a hard road back. Like we we went from a couple of hundred members to zero, right? And now we're building back up, and we're only like we're not even halfway there yet. Um, but we're working our way back hopefully i would have thought maybe all these hygiene hygiene procedures and the and thinking about if you're not ill don't come into the gym and that kind of stuff i'm hoping that carries over because especially mma jiu-jitsu gyms are fucking filthy like they're absolutely disgusting and full of staff and everything and uh you know we, we obviously try and stay on that and be very careful about that but when our guys visit other gyms it's pretty pretty grim um i'm hoping those kind of things stay 
and I'm hoping the people who are coming back uh, are a little bit more open to like because uh, Mick said this to me basically Mick was like you know maybe your reputation because of the way you handled this will affect who comes in uh, and I'm hoping that and also it's definitely made me think about the people I want in and the people I want to be around I've been getting more and more like that as I got older anyway it's like who do I want to spend the evening with uh, but even more now it's like well if we're going to go through things like this you know who's going to be there you know yeah it's uh it's funny you said that because me uh it's been great lost a couple of students uh if you want to know the truth i don't think they're ever with me really i know that sounds they're cosmic but i don't think they were with me um but you know today this is the thing i had a grading today seven guys graded with me right normally it'd be 14 maybe even 18 so i had seven guys i gave a black belt out and it was like this is the thing i know this is that it sounds i've told nathan this about these guys several times i've got these core group of guys who are basically i i actually call them the cornerstone of my gym and two of them they only do martial arts because they turned up with their kids and i was like, what are you doing then big fella uh i'm just gonna wait for my kid i threw him a pair of shorts coming in one of them steve basley and I, he got his black belt with me today and you know what the beautiful thing is i as i've said i did say this earlier uh, it ranks in my top five achievements in martial arts that I actually got these guys to this level and one of them to his black belt because he's not a martial artist. He's not a weirdo. When people ask him what he does, he goes, I hit stuff and I swing a stick and a knife. And that like, and it, like, he's just, just a really lovely, lovely bloke. And that's what I've got out of it. What I got out of it was who do I want to hang out with? Who do I want to be with? And then more importantly, I know the value of what martial arts is for some people. For some people, it was it was two hours a week because I had nothing better to do. And then it was two, there was guys who were using it as their lifestyle and using it to define themselves. And then what you find out is you get these great people that for those two hours when they're in there, it's everything. But then they've got normal lives as well. And it was just been so good. I really think, I truly believe, I've been saying about the negativity. The problem is, there is so much negativity around this. That's the problem. But then when you just see these moments where you see people and you see them literally shine, you know, like so we were doing it, the Zoom classes, as I said, these three guys never missed a Zoom class, never missed an in-the-park class, never missed an in-person class. One of them missed the class. He missed two weeks of classes because he had COVID. That's it. You know what I mean? And, the, and then, like, this is the thing that they're not into martial arts. they if you gave them a Brazilian jiu-jitsu t-shirt, they wouldn't wear it. They'd be like, why would I wish? But why would I want to look like a fucking weirdo, Mick? And I'm like that going, oh, wow. And they, as I said, they're just great guys. And you know, you know, the real ironic thing is they're probably at least two, the two of them are very, very good. The other guy, he, he's just a good, he just gives everything he's got, you know, and he's just on that road. But the other two, I swear to God, I, um, Big Steve Baisley, I put him in against anyone. That's the truth. And he's just a lovely guy, lovely family man. And that's it. And I, I, that's the beauty. Because I turned around today and I said, this time last year, we didn't know where we were. Today, I'm giving you your black belt, mate. And do you know what? When I give someone their black belt, that's basically me turning around and saying, do you know what? You're a made man here with me. Because I, 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 you know, you, you, it's not what you did there. It's how you conduct yourself. And I, that was the speech I gave today. I was like, I know guys who are quality martial artists, but they like they conduct themselves like fucking white belts, you know. And, and the problem is, you know yourself, Nathan. We've said several times. The great thing about jujitsu, does it work for real? 
Get yourself an absolute moron of a white belt, control him for five minutes. Trust me, you've done okay. Because I, I came out with your line today. I was like, martial arts is just cosplay. You know what I mean? That's, that's the whole thing. But you, that, that was the one. So that's what I've had out of it. What I've had out of it is normal people have come to me and I've been able to help them out. You know what I mean? And then they've turned around to me afterwards and gone, Mick, you know, this has actually saved my life. You know what I mean? And you're like, how? I was just losing my mind. Sorry, Kurt. I, I, I ramble sometimes. I'm terrible. No, 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 not at all. I, I just, I, I'll echo that. I mean, we've been open for uh, just in general across the board for a few months now. And I've been back to teaching. I had, I really, we closed down. And one thing I did really love about my group of students, I want to give them some praise, the ones that uh, were able to or chose to stick around. I lost my gym and we were in a new space. We're running a, a whole studio from inside of a CrossFit gym. But we went from nothing to back up and running with a whole new program in about two and a half weeks, which is, I think is a testament to martial arts. You know what I mean? The idea of well, we're warrior brotherhood thing, or we're, you know, we're, we're fighters. And so we don't have to worry about COVID for whatever reason, I think is, is a little bit crazy. Um, if, if you're really a warrior, then you just, you make wise decisions about the tactics to make sure things stay correct. You know, um, you were talking about guys who are like, oh, I never even changed my tune. Everything was business as usual for me. I know some guys who said that, you know, and they're kind of cocky about it. I know other guys who said that and they're not saying shit now because they died. And that's the reality of it. You know what I mean? And so I was really proud of my group that they stuck to their guns. They did the right thing. Um, they looked after themselves, their families. They kept themselves healthy. They did outdoor classes when they could. And when things did collapse underneath us for a variety of reasons, they just stepped up and said, okay, let's just do the next thing. Um, I got a little bit of hustle in me. And so we, we worked it out and we're still up and running. Now that we are, are back on track, what I'm excited about is to see, just like you said, the amount of normal people, not non-martial artists, civilians as it were, um, coming to martial art. Maybe they were always kind of curious about it and now they're ready to try it. Maybe they were working out in a different way before. And this is sort of, led them just experience the idea that they want something different for their fitness, right? As an outlet, as a physical outlet. Um, I think as much or more than anything, and if you're a creative person, especially if you guys kind of being new to opening up, I would encourage you to lean hard into this and just try things out. Uh, people are more willing to give something a shot right now has been my experience. They've been cooped up. They've been Watching movie after movie, if they're working out, they're doing something on Zoom or they're doing something on their own or something in front of YouTube, they're hungry for human interaction. And just lifting weights won't always give you that or going for a jog won't always give you that. Before, you know, pre-COVID, you're rushing to get to work and then you're stuck at work with maybe coworkers and colleagues that you don't really like to be around and you force yourself into social situations on the weekend to try and blow off steam and all this kind of stuff. You got family around you. Uh, people wanted some alone time, some quote unquote me time. Well, now that you got forced to have quite a bit of that and to sit on your couch and, and maybe not do as much for the last year, year and a half, now they want more social time and martial arts is really beautiful for that because it offers that uh, very uniquely and very clearly, you know, that that's a huge part of it. 
So I'm getting more people that are coming through the door that are just excited about this as a practice. Teaching is harder in that regard, or at least it's rather it's different. Um, and if you've got mixed groups, if you've got like my pre-existing group of people who were or have become martial artists and now people who are coming to it more as uh, enthusiastic tourists about it, um, you got to try to find a way to bridge that gap as you teach. And that's an interesting challenge, something we should talk about maybe on a future episode. Um, however, it's, it's exciting, you know, and I'm lucky enough that the pre-existing students I have are really level-headed about the fact that like they all had a first day too. You know, we talk about that all the time in my gym. Bruce Lee had a first day of martial art practice. Michael Jordan had a first day he picked up a basketball. So to be frustrated with somebody else that they're figuring it out is nonsense because we all had the same thing. So uh, I think we're a good group for those people and they naturally then are making their way to us. Doesn't mean that we're exploding right now, but the small amount of success or progress rather that we're seeing is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And so I, it gives me an opportunity to go, what other groups might want to try this, right? You know, can I combine this kind of art with this? We're going to combine, um, summer's coming to a close, unfortunately, but music and martial arts. So there's live music and martial art training, food and martial arts. So there's four-star meal being prepared off on the side by a chef while we train and then everyone eats together. Um, film viewing and martial art, all these different things where before maybe you're going, look, I'm too busy trying to keep everything afloat. Now, man, if you don't have your creative hat on, it's going to be tough stakes out there. I really like that idea about leaning into this because, yeah, people have been sat around at home. They're looking for something to do. They've not had experience and social interactions and they can get all that in the gym. It reminded me of an advert. Actually, I saw an advert years ago for a gym and it basically said, um, ever wanted to hit something? And like come down to us and it's like, yeah, I think a lot of people have been stuck at home for a long time and definitely feel that like, yeah, I just want to punch something and get that frustration out. So um, yeah, I reckon that's something we'll talk about a little bit more in trying to get people in. Let me ask you guys a question then. Uh, so the big thing for opening up for us, like we don't really have social distancing restrictions anymore. It was six feet, um, but we're up in training. I know like in the, it's funny not to go back to the negative stuff, but when, when this thing first started, I remember saying as a FMA person, as a collie person, we've got it made because your stick that you're using, you know, if you're, if you're training with a rattan stick is maybe 30 inches long, something like that. The other person's got one and you're at a long range. So that social distancing might be built right into the practice that we're doing. Who I feel bad for is all these recently all over the place bjj schools where you're literally sweating in each other's mouths how the hell are you doing that with social distancing and the amount of bjj schools that were like we just didn't close like oh okay i guess it's kind of a bjj response to that you're just kind of staying right in it which is pretty great in a way but um the the thing now to get things back up and running is really centered around vaccines Right. And so if you're vaccinated, there's no checks and balances out there. You don't have to like show your card that you get when you're vaccinated to prove anything unless a business requires it. I've never heard of that. But the, the signage on every single door of every store, gym, everywhere you go to is if you're vaccinated, you can come in. You don't have to wear a mask. You should social distance, but it's not like it's a policy or a law or a rule or anything. It's just a, a good idea in general. Um, but if you're not vaccinated, you have to put a mask on and you need to social distance. And if you've had any symptoms, go home, get the hell out. 
that I'm surprised that I've not heard either of you use the word vaccine yet. And I know it's not because you're a conspiracy theorist. I have to assume that somehow the rules or the culture around that is different. Um, have you guys had surplus access to that yet? Well, Kurt, yeah, you're talking about the vaccine. Um, that That's an interesting one in the UK because um, without going too far off topic, um, there's only two types of people in the UK. There's people who go, right, it's the vaccine. And then they got the people who's, it, if their parents had Facebook, they'd all have polio. Because guess what? They're like, totally, I'm not having the vaccine. I don't know what's in that vaccine. And as I often say, most of those people who do that, the friends, like martial artists and non-martial artists that I know who are vehemently against it, have spent the last 20 to 30 years having their weekends sponsored by Colombian marching powder. Or, and, and I don't actually know, like, you know, just, you know, I just don't know what, you know, how how what the scrutiny is like in that field I'm, I'm i'm guessing it's nowhere near as stringent as like astrazeneca or the oxford vaccine and as i've often said when they started yeah but i'm not being paranoid and i'm like i don't know if you know that the byproduct of taking class a drugs is you become quite paranoid so obviously that's the situation right and then obviously with me obviously i'm a bit of a troublemaker i love it because they're like have you been vaccinated and i'm like I'm a 52-year-old guy who listens to Joe Rogan. Like, I would have taken it. The minute I, like, I wouldn't have cared less if there was no COVID. If someone turned around to me, they're going, Mick, we're going to give you an injection that's got chimp DNA in it. And I'm like, this guy, chimp DNA. Oh, man, my jujitsu is going to be off the scale, man. I'm going to be like Caesar. I'm going to be like Caesar from Planet of the Apes in a Marvel movie. Like I've seen Captain America. I know what happens and I'm pretty good already. So I'm gonna have that chimp DNA. And then obviously what I've done is I've, uh, I've put it on Facebook a few times and people have gone, um, yeah, yeah, but you know it's got chimp DNA. And I went, you're, you're not like a fundamental Christian, are you? And they go, no. And I said, well, if you are, you're gonna have to forgive me because it's in your book. But guess what? I think we've always had chimp DNA. That's where we came from. So obviously all these religious dudes lost their minds over it. But in the, like, in the UK, Kurt, the, 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 we, most people are taking it as a given that you're going to get the vaccine, because why wouldn't you? And the real mad thing is Nathan knows, because he's admonished me several times for uh, getting into arguments with idiots, right? Because it's like, you know, when a bystander walks past, they won't know which one of you is the idiot, because you're both having idiotic arguments with each other. But it's... At the moment, I've got guys saying, well, I'm not going to take it. And then in 20 years' time, they're like, well, I never took it. And you're like, yeah, you don't really understand that herd immunity works, mate. 80% of us took a bullet. You didn't. That's how you, you got you got lucky this time. So, yeah, it's I don't know about the passport. I personally would think it would be a great idea. You know what I mean? But, you know, you're talking, a guy, talking about a guy who looks at the end of V for Vendetta and thinks that's actually a good way we should. We, you know, that's how we should be. You know what I mean? A nice you're bit of when you say, when you yeah. say passport, you're talking about <clears throat> a thing that like shows proof of having, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting, it's because <clears throat> obviously we have the same controversy here, and I wasn't even trying to inquire as to the controversy because I, I understand that it's going to exist. There's plenty of different communities that, and I, I get why you went there, by the way. Um, but there's plenty of different communities, even where I live, um, that have 
some of their own reasons to be, uh, what's the word, maybe cynical or skeptical about it. I understand some of that. Um, my father never had a single vaccine in his life. He's, he was, he's very old school, just where, where and when he was born, that just wasn't a thing. And so, you know, I, I understand people just have different viewpoints on it. Um, I don't understand the, the arguing about it ever. But I know here, like, there's a thing now in the last several years I've noticed, uh, I, obviously I support somebody voting, but it's really like when somebody votes for something, they get a little sticker. I don't know if you guys get it there. It says, I voted. And then they take a picture of themselves and put it on social media. And it's like a humble brag of, just so you know, I'm a good citizen, you know? Like, yeah, you should just do that, you know? And I get you trying to support and, and encourage other people to do it, but there's a lot of look at me, look at me, look at me about it. And so I think with the vaccines, we're seeing that too. I'm seeing selfies of people going, I got it, here's my card, I did it, you know? And that's good, you're encouraging other people to do it, but it's still very look at me about it. Now, when you've got social spaces, where half the people are going, I saw this video on YouTube, or I have this opinion, blah, 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 blah. This vaccine is terrible. And the other people are going, check me out. I'm such a good person. I got the vaccine. Now in this, at least in the social space and the digital spaces, that's going to be a recipe for a lot of arguing. Yeah, like I said, Mick said about the vaccine passport stuff here that's, come, that's well, pretty much going to be coming. It's a difficult one. It's going to create like a two-tier system for people. Um, anything that kind of creates an underclass of people who might not be vaccinated for various reasons. Because then you suddenly have to go, well, uh, there's got to be exceptions because people might have done it, not got vaccinated for medical reasons or something else. And it's it's a really, really difficult situation. And I, I, I'm, I'm worried about where it is going to go with it because it, pretty much everything's being mishandled here. I mean, with the vaccine thing in there at the moment that would basically... Boris Johnson's currently doing an experiment to create a vaccine resistant strain that's going to ruin everything because what he's done is he's like they've vaccinated like 60% of the of the country and then just gone cool all restrictions no masks no nothing everyone else so it's just blitzing through like so tens of thousands of cases a day where a lot of people are vaccinated and a lot of people aren't it's like it's pretty pretty much the worst case scenario for creating another variant that's going to fuck everything up for the rest of the world. I mean, I know literally the WHO came out this week just going, what are you doing? And the Lancet did a, a letter from 120 um, like virologists just saying like, Britain, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're going to mess it up for everybody. Like, you are a threat to the world. Um, so like the vaccine stuff, like we did great vaccinating people and then they've just used that to go Freedom Day and let everything out. So it does create a bad situation. So one of the things with, you know, we talked about gyms earlier and their responses to it. So social media, I block a load of people. I mute a load of people. Like Mick's one of my best friends, and I do have him muted because of some of the things he posts, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, during this period, I was getting a lot of people screenshotting what other gyms were saying. You know, gyms that were saying that it was, you know, it was all a hoax and this kind of thing. And um, I was getting a lot of screenshots of these sent to me. Uh, and I tried not to engage with it, but there was lots of people accusing other people of stuff and all, all kinds of things. And I always find this a difficult one. Like, I, I wonder about you guys. Like, do you accept students from your gym or onto your personal accounts? Do you use your personal accounts as an extension of your brand? Do you put like personal stuff on there? Like, what what do you do with it? Because I, I find that a difficult one. Um, 
and with Mick especially because some of the stuff he posts like does it ever come back into the gym does it ever like come around um I mean I, he's got to be the first guy I've got to go to first of all uh it's quite easy like everyone like th this is the thing right um I'm going to I'm going to quote one of the loveliest people I know in the world who is hap happens to be married to one of my best friends in the world, Kurt Cornwell. Amariah Cornwell turned around and said to Kurt, she just walked in one day and he told me it while we were at camp. And it was really cool because the way he said it, 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 the minute he told me, I was like that, that mental picture and I could visualize her doing it. And she just walked in with a smartphone, went like this, got, got it. And when sometimes Mick makes it so hard to love him, right? Because it was like, and and he told me, and it was like it was that moment where I was sort of like, I was rather impressed, and at the same time a little bit disappointed, a little bit upset because I, I wouldn't want to upset Am, right? Because Amariah is she is literally one of the only truly nice people that I've ever met, where there's no agenda. You know, where you meet some people and they're like they're nice, and then you find out. They're not really, well, and, and that's not like, because look, trust me, we're all flawed beings, you know what I mean? But she is, she's just a lovely individual. And then me and Kurt have had the conversation, me and you, Nathan, have the conversation. Uh, Will has been pretty cool because Will's just given me a disapproving look every now and again, which basically is like when your dad's looking at you, like, I'm disappointed in you, Mick. And like, you know, you go, oh shit, man, he used a disappointed word. And then obviously, Aunt McGinley, you're going to be uh, editing this. Uh, I had Aunt McGinley say it to me once. He was like, yeah, you're gonna have to go and clean up your Twitter account, Mick. And then he started talking about like I can't remember what we were what we were going for. We were going for something anyway. And uh, he said, you know that Kevin Hart, he's not going on the Oscars now. And I went, dude, we're, we're looking at getting a streaming thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're not asking me to do the Oscars, you know. And I'm not Kevin Hart. I'm actually funnier. But anyway, um, the 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 situation is with me. I just see social media, and I, from day one, I've always known what it is. It's a ludicrous extension. It's like an episode of Black Mirror running concurrently side by side with your real life. And when you look at it, and I'm like, I have a pretty cool life. And I see all these guys, I'm like, shit, man, I'm jealous of your life. And then I realised that they haven't got just a filter on their Snapchat. They've got a filter on their fucking psyche and their life. So the way I look at it is just be totally ludicrous because people go, but Mick, you're nothing like that in real life. And I'm like, nobody on Facebook is like that. They're, 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 at least I'm honest. At least I'm honest. So like, it's, you know, I, I came out with it today. I had a, a really dear friend of mine came, who I went to school with. Her daughter's been having a hard time. She's come training. She did a first grade today. And it was really funny because it's really, really helped her out. She's a 13 year old girl. And uh, she was having some hassle at school. Long story short, uh, I walked past her and I went like, I said, what are you? And she said, I'm a savage. And I went, you're a legitimate savage. So that's what, yeah. And then I walked up to her mom and she said, what did you just say? And it was like, oh yeah, I just asked her what she was. And she went, oh, she'll tell everyone that she's a savage. But Mick Tilly's turned. And then I said, yeah. And I said, I'm a male, yeah, I'm a male chauvinist pig. I'm a really horrible man. Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand, like, you know, the plight of women. And then she went, but Mick, this is the mad thing. If it was, if I just looked at you on Facebook, yeah, she goes, but how many people have you empowered? Especially, like the thing is, I, that's my that's my gig. That's what I love doing. But the crack is, I'm like, no. So if you're going to be on it, post whatever the hell you want. Because guess what? That ain't me anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, without sounding out of order, it's one of those. It's that whole thing where you, 
Yeah, you got a guy who's living in like he's living in the box bedroom of his mum's house, wearing a pair of Balenciaga trainers, or two single mums chinking glasses, prosecco with the girls, and you're like, yeah, prosecco with the girls, but your kids are having fruit shoots and neutral grain bars for breakfast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, get your priorities right. You know, that's like that's one thing I've often said when people give me hard time about that. I'm like, what? So I'm a dick on social media and I'm okay in the real world. At least I'm not a dick in both of them, you know what I mean? And again, the thing is, I don't really take, I don't take life seriously anyway. Kurt? Well, yeah, there's, okay, so <clears throat> there's a lot there. Um, I think I think we all know people, I, I can think of several, who are good people, but they they just try so hard not to be. You know what I mean? They try so hard to to come across different or to say something different. Um, the opposite is true. I know uh, people who try really hard to be good people, and you, you sort of wish they didn't have to try so hard, right? <laughs> you wish that they just were that way. But I do think, you know, especially young men, we you you meet people where you can tell they have a good heart, but for whatever reason, they just think they're supposed to put another foot forward. You know, we're, the, the point here isn't to, to pick on Mick, but since you brought up Am and myself, you know, it's, it's funny because there's that kind of idea, that, that, that sentiment of, you know, we know how big this person's heart is. Why are they trying so hard to act like that's not the case? Well, with Mick, the answer is because it's funny. It's on the Internet. It's a joke. For other people, it's not. That's really their MO. That's <clears throat> that's how they are outside of the internet, in real spaces, you know, as well as online. And and so that, that can be a challenging thing. I think last year when some of that stuff was going on, the I have to assume the American experience was somewhat different than yours. You know what I mean? Our when I think back on 2020 and I think of what it was like on social media, then I don't really think of COVID. I think of civil unrest, I think of things revolving around racism. I think of seeing people's true colors come through. I think of things that were said offline about the things that were said online to me and being kind of shell-shocked by some of that stuff I was told. Uh, you know, all different things like that where I'm going, you know, that was the experience is you really got to peek behind everyone's curtain because on a long enough timeline with quarantine, people just kind of fried out and started letting the air out a little bit or, or had that that indignant sense of, you know, I've listened to enough and now I'm going to school everyone on what's what, which is never a good idea. <laughs> Just in general, I don't think is ever a good idea. One thing that was really reinforced to me throughout that experience is that everyone that so many, most of the people that I know, know everything. I didn't know that. Apparently that's the case. Everyone is right. <laughs> and and everyone has it all figured out, like when you're 16 years old or something like that. And that was surprising to me. Um, and people who are like, I don't know why these people think they're right and know everything, because I do. And here's what's what, which is how do you not see that that's the same thing, you know? So that was always interesting and compelling to me. And so I think, you know, at a, at that time, Mick, you and I had really great conversations. This isn't necessarily just ab about us, but I thought I think it's valuable. We had good, real, like interactive, real conversations, a FaceTime, that kind of thing, about that topic, and realizing there's a maybe a time for certain jokes and a time where, unless you really want to be that that troll, if you know who like Ari Shafir, somebody is, unless you want to brand yourself as that guy. 
uh, there's a time where any of us got to throttle back. And in the States, it was, it was so different. And there was a, there was a chunk of time where people were really hurting here and people were really scared. Um, there was, there was a lot of genuine fear, even in my own neighborhood, you know, things we can talk outside of zoom about some of those details that we probably have in the past, but it was pretty hairy for a while. And so, um, if in a way that I think our generation hadn't quite seen yet, um, the other piece to that is the fact that, like Mick, you said uh, how social media is, it's kind of like a playground in a way where people put a certain sense of themselves forward, but also it's not real. But social media evolves. It started off one way, but where it is today is different. And who you talk to will make a difference. Whether you're 30 or you're 60, social media will have two different descriptions or definitions. And then you talk to somebody who's 16 to 22 and they're maybe the target for a lot of things and they're sure as hell not on Facebook. And so their idea of social media is entirely different as well. They're using forums and, and apps and things that we're, the three of us don't even know the names of, you know? And so when we paint the social media experience with a single color with our own brush and we go, well, it's just this, so who cares? But for a lot of the other people you're talking to, that's not the case. And so it can be challenging then because if we say something and we think everyone gets it, there's a good chance that at this point in the game, a lot of people won't have that context in the same way and they're gonna read it different. So I think it can have a pretty negative impact on business and stuff like that. Nathan, you had asked initially, you know, do we separate ourselves professionally and personally? Do you incorporate your individual accounts into some sense of branding or whatever? Um, I, I don't, I have certain students I'm friends with on Facebook and stuff like that. Otherwise, I try to keep it separate. I have groups, public and private groups for my martial arts stuff. That's usually where I interact with the majority of those people and have the majority of those kinds of interactions. I think groups are, are uh, sort of designed for that. Um, and I'm maybe old school enough that I also won't talk shop with somebody past a certain time of day. So if I have a student that messages me, whether they're a friend of mine or not, you know, like a social media friend or not, um, if they have like a question about billing or something and it's after 10 o'clock, I'm, I'm not going to talk to you about it. I'm just going to leave that and ignore it till it's the business day, that kind of thing. So I do kind of separate and differentiate some of that. Instagram is different than Facebook. And so I approach that totally differently. Things I post are different. The way I kind of deal with something like branding is different there. But since Facebook is this big catch-all, I do feel like I need to measure some of that out specifically. My God, there was so much there. Um, I was trying to bring it back to where you started. <laughs> yeah, no, I, so I, yeah, there was a lot from both of those. So when you said about people will see social media differently and painting it in one brush, I, I, I get that hearing Mick talk because Mick's like, oh, it's just a bit of a laugh. And it's like, well, a lot of my business is tied to it. Like your main business isn't your gym, but like a lot of my business is. And in fact, a lot of the communications amongst my students is WhatsApp groups, it's Facebook groups, it's like things through that. Um, so like it, it, my actual income and wage and business is tied to social media. It's like, it's, it's integrated into it. It's not, it's not so if I, if I, if I treated it as just a, oh, it's a bit of a laugh and I'll mess around on it it could ruin the business. Like, it's not like my income's from somewhere else. 
Have you uh, had touches like that, Nathan? Have you had maybe a, a student that came to you and said they were mad about this, that other thing they saw a person say or lost? Well, this is definitely like the WhatsApp groups are the worst. Like I know WhatsApp groups have been a big thing last, like I was reading something about conspiracies re, uh, recently. And he was saying like a lot of the conspiracy stuff is now it's being taken off things like Facebook and Instagram is getting flagged. A lot of it's moving to WhatsApp groups. Um, and that's actually one of the biggest areas now where that stuff's moving. And the thing is, those those groups and conversations, there's no filtering from any from, and there's no moderating. And also, if you're not in that group, you don't know. So people come to, I get screenshots from from groups going, oh, I can't believe this person said this in the group, uh, uh, you know, from the gym. And it will be, and there's been spats and there's been people like getting into arguments and stuff. And I've just not even been aware of it. And obviously it's something that you could, you know, just, put the hammer on it and stop it or do whatever or you know mediate or whatever normally but it's just not there um you don't even i'm not even aware of some of this stuff that's going on um sorry yeah mick you wanted to jump in no just as you say like first of all I, it would be remiss of me to say uh first of all i'm in a really really fortunate position because what it is martial arts you come to me and it is my primary business so i can literally turn around and i i'm in a i'm in a very fortunate position where it's like I don't have to rely on this. So guess what? I get to choose who's in in the room with me. That's one. Secondly, my primary business is plastering, where it's like you turn around and it's like, I'm an Irish construction worker. What are you going to expect? A bit of crack, yeah, a bit of banter. And guess what? If I do the job correctly, as I was, I've often said before, the great thing about construction is it's one of those situations where you could literally be Adolf Eichmann and if you're a good bricklayer guess what you'll get a shift somewhere you know what I mean but it's but it's it sounds savage but it's the truth because people are like I just want the job doing I don't really care and you're only here for a day and then you're gone again so it, it was really funny the way you said it because it's like I have three so I have my plastering I have martial arts MKG Coventry and then I have my own one right and it's really funny because Someone will come on the plastering group and I'll put some banter on it. It's usually, you know, making the world a better place, one more at a time, bringing order to chaos, hashtag, you know, I'm ace, stuff like that, you know. Uh, but then they, they look and they go, that's basically you, isn't it, Mick? And I'm like, well, yeah, that is me. But it's, it's like Nathan was saying, it's, you have to be very, very careful, especially if you're teaching, because it's, it, it's all about, I know I don't want to sound like a right hipster here, but it's all about optics. It isn't what you do, it's how you look. And the problem is, as I've said several times, and you guys know the score, it's one of my personal favorites. It's like, I will believe a virologist up until the point that I see live, laugh and love stenciled on a living room wall, right? So the minute that I see that stenciled on the back, I'm like, I'm gonna question the veracity of your opinion right now. And I know I can get away with that. But Nathan, you wouldn't be able to do that because they, they turn around and go, this Nathan Leviton seems like a right clown. Why, why would I do that? And so yeah, so I'm quite lucky, Nathan. I definitely filter myself. You know, we, we came back to, we started with and Kurt brought it back around to like your personal accounts and separate business accounts. And I find I do filter myself. I've had, the thing is though, sometimes when I put stuff out there about like movies I'm watching and things like that, that's come back with someone coming into the gym and chatting to me about the film. Um, and I think that's that's the thing. So I see a lot of guys who especially, you know, who are like run these massive schools with their loads of kids and stuff. The their personal accounts are an extension of the brand. 
right? It is what it is. It's um, it's about like the lifestyle and look how successful I am. And if I'm successful, then you will be successful being with me and that kind of thing. And I get that. And I get that. And sometimes I feel like I should do that. I should put forward this super successful kind of idea um, so that people think, oh, wow, that, that person so successfully must be good at martial arts because then people must have given him money and that's why he's good and things like that. Um, and when I go and do things, I think, oh, I have to get content to this. I go and teach a seminar. I'm like, well, I better get content so people can see it. And I do find that stuff a bit exhausting. And there is another way to go. And that's... We mentioned John Will a lot. It's the John Will way. If you are an exceptional human being, you're just if you're just authentic, if you're actually doing things, if you're actually making a difference, and you're just authentic, and you show that, that can probably be the biggest thing to promote you and your business. I would think. Um, but I do find myself filtering myself. I find it a bit exhausting putting stuff up. I never know whether I'm supposed to put my stuff up about me, or whether someone from the gym is going to see that and then be questioning stuff or um because there's there are eyes on you there's more eyes on you when you're the the leader of a business and you're you know you're someone who's like you are the business often um and people and people that all the business know your name and they're looking at what you do and you're gonna have competitors and you're gonna have people who don't like you very much as well and you've got all these eyes on you that i find that a bit stressful online sometimes yeah you know it's <clears throat> i like that you just use the word authentic and I, i'm kind of curious to get your guys take on this because I think you can be, <clears throat> excuse me, you can be authentic, but still diplomatic or, or sensitive or aware of things and, and of the climate that you're in. You know, I think you can be authentic. And like, I, what I see is a lot of people who go, what do you want from me? I'm an asshole. <clears throat> like, that's a lazy thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're not, you're just, you're, you're excusing your behavior and you're going, well, that's just me. Like, well, it's not, it's not you all the time. It's you sometimes, you know, uh, where I think you can be authentic, but, but choose better words or, or be aware of the fact that like, you know, I, I had this, I had somebody in martial arts say this to me before. It was about a t-shirt that I was wearing. What it was is irrelevant, but she said, you know, you're being controversial by wearing that. And I didn't have an answer for that because she was right. You know, and it was like, really what I was doing was something kind of cocky. I was stirring a pot. I <laughs> thought I was being really clever. <clears throat> and it, it, the word that she used was correct. It was like, you know, you're being controversial. Uh, don't act like it's anything other than that. And I think you can put an authentic sense of yourself out there without leaning into being controversial. You can say something about a controversial topic that's authentic to your belief and to your um priorities and stuff like that without being a jerk about it without belittling other people's beliefs and if that's your authentic self I mean I guess we're all going to figure that out sooner or later but but I just don't think that's necessary and and that's what I like about you know talking about John Will and some of these people where they're they're authentic but they're I'm not going like sometimes I wish they weren't so authentic you know that that you can do that kind of thing no not Mick, I know you well enough to know your real authentic self, but, but you know what I mean? Like you can do that. And I, I always want to encourage authenticity because rather I hate lack of it, but sometimes people seem to use that as a way to give themselves an excuse 
to be kind of vicious or to be really narrow-minded or self-absorbed about things and be have such a narrow focus on stuff and and hide behind that fact of what do you want I'm just being me like well I want you to be you and not a dick you know that's what I want and I and I don't I don't think that's a lot to ask you know uh, but in social media that you, you don't always get that but you've just you, you've hit on you've hit on something I, I I'm brutal and, I, and I'll admit it. And what I'll do is, uh, you, you can always tell when it's a slow work day, or I'm just like, you know, and, and I have to admit, I, I'm at work and I'm bored, and I'm like this going, right, do you know what? Uh, and I'll tell you right now, Nathan knows, it. well, you guys know the score, you've seen it several times. I've got a really good friend, I have to give her a shout out, Katie Mitten. Katie's a real, she's a lovely girl, gorgeous looking, used to train with me. Uh, she's just, I think she's just finished a master's. She's a really, really smart girl. Looks like a supermodel. She's great. And then every time I post something, I'll just get this message and we've got the code. And she just turns around and she says, oh, I see you've turned on the gammon magnet again, Nick. So what I do is I turn it on and then the next thing it's like, boom. And, and I was like, yeah, I say, you just got to know. And like the, the crazy thing is, I have, like, as I, was, I said it to Nathan, I said, I know that I have very gammony tendencies every now and again, and I hate myself for it, but I'm a white middle-aged dude. It's literally, it's like, it's like you hit 50 and it's like, you, you want to wear corduroy. You only want to wear sketches or, you know, very comfortable shoes. And you like, you, ha you have a hankering for Werther's originals all the time. And uh, for the America, for the Americans, you won't get this, but it's like, you get to 50 and then you start really enjoying Last of the Summer Wine, you know what I mean? Like this TV series is shit, right? And you, and then it's like, I want to watch documentaries and you just know that you're getting there, yeah? You know, it's like, oh, oh, World War II, Third Reich, oh, I'm in for the night now. So, you know, it's like, oh, I'll watch that all night long. And I, it, it is hard, you know, it was like my, my son, Charlie Tully, as I said, my three boys are like, they, they inspire me all the time. So they're just much better men than me. But Charlie Tully, we were having a bit of a cracking in Chaz turned around to me and he said, uh, I'm going to leave you with an ancient Greek, ancient Greek uh, saying that. And I went, what's this? And he said, the destruction of civilization has started when children won't listen to their parents and, I, and he goes dad that was 2500 years ago dad he goes we don't change he said the problem is you don't understand and it is the truth and that's the problem with facebook facebook is like middle-aged social media you know i go on tiktok and two seconds later i turn into a 14 year old kid go next next as a, like you know if you go on my if you go on my instagram my instagram is brazilian jiu-jitsu and hasbullah that's literally the only things i want some little Chechnyan dwarf hanging out with a load of MMA guys and some jujitsu. And, and uh, when I look at that, I'm like, I'm about 22 years of age. Like, like honestly, and then I go on Facebook and I'm my proper age again, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's bad. I know what I do, but if I owned a gym, you, you guys know the problem is I, if I owned a gym, people go, Mick, I saw what you put on Facebook. I'm like, yeah, but that's me, isn't it? What did you think you were going to get? You know? Yeah, I, I literally, give you an idea, boys. I, I had a kid today, we were training, we were doing the grading, and he was putting the effort into it. And I said, look, I don't want to quote Bruce Lee, but where's the emotional content, bro? You know what I mean? Slapped him around the head and I went, don't don't stare at the finger. And he was like, what finger? And I was like, I'm coming out with all these mad old 
references this kid didn't get anything. I said, look, if you don't shape up, mate, you're going to have to go to the Tybo class down the road. And literally one of the parents was looking going, and I was like, sorry, that's me. You know, and that's the whole thing. It's like um, the authenticity is like Kurt, you were saying, I know, I know when I'm being an asshole. And every now and again, like Nathan said it to me once and I really questioned it. And then I toned it right down. And then every now and again, it gets back out. And you can always tell with me, because I'll just put uh, interesting debate. Wow. Wow is always one of my favourites. Oh, no, Mick. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, thoughts or discuss. Or it's always the absolute worst. And the thing is, the people you always trigger are some of the nicest people. The thing is, you talk about authenticity. The person you are and the person you show and the person who helps that 13-year-old girl and helps that kid, if people saw that online, it would be so inspiring for everybody. And I have to explain to people, like people get to know me and know you through it, and then they add you, and then they message me like, what's the what's up with Mick? Like, is, is, that, is that what Mick really thinks? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. He just sees it as just a, a game. And although I've got to admit, I didn't think the, my, one of my, you know, it's, it's obvious, but one of the biggest kind of things, my takeaways from today, I didn't think it was going to come from Mick about social media, but it kind of did. Yeah. It, is, it is ludicrous. It really is. And I think I should kind of remember that a little bit more. That, 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 if I, literally, if I could do one thing, it would be to turn around and just go, you know, none of this is real. Like, you know, like, and again, bringing it back to what Kurt was saying, it was like, you, you guys might have noticed last year, I was nowhere near as like When I say savage, there's certain things that I'll, you know, I'll come out with, you know, that, that, and it, I know it's low hanging fruit nine times out, nine times out of 10. But you, you see the really important stuff, I didn't touch with a barge pole, wouldn't go near it for the simple reason that guess what? That isn't time for trifles. That isn't time for frivolity. That's the time when you turn around and when people say, what's your opinion? And I'm like, my opinion? Well, I'm a plasterer. I can't, my, my opinion is this. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, what I do know is the world sucks. And I know that if I can just have a bit of a laugh, then great. But you know, people, people do hurt. And like the one thing I do know about my social media guys is this that literally I've had people come around and they've got Mick, um, you know, th that really has, has affected me. And I'm like, why? And then they'll tell me a backstory about something. And I'm going, dude, you got to get rid of me on Facebook, man, because I, like, I will trigger shit. And like th the fact that I thought that I've upset you will really, like, it just brings sadness to me. You know what I mean? So I've tried to be like that, but the problem is I've got 5,000 friends and fucking about 7,000 followers. You know what I mean? It's like, Sorry, but, you know, there's going to be some characters on there that won't like it. And and I know, you know, what I do is I don't want to sound like Steven Seagal at the end of, like, on Deadly Ground, you know, where he's there and he's with all the Inuits. I want to be a better man and all of that. I, I'm just a bit of a rat sometimes. Sorry. You know what I mean? That's how I am. So I understand me. Kurt. Well, you know, I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least give a little bit of a, a loving shout out to social media as so many of our listeners find their way to us because of social media. So thank you for being on social media and enjoying your time there so that you can find the world of martial arts and listen to us. <clears throat> I'm grateful um, to be able to have these interactions with you guys in digital spaces. And I, I'm well aware that there's a lot of people who don't have access to 
real conversations with real people in their daily lives for whatever reasons, their, their work is isolating, their mental health leaves them isolated, and that things like social media do give them an outlet um, in a lot of different ways. And I think for those people, it is very real. And I respect that. And we can have a lot of opinions about whether it should or shouldn't be. Um, but to a certain degree, I feel lucky that that's not the case for me, that it is sort of a, a sidelined thing and it's not a big part of my actual reality. Um, it's more of a distraction from actual reality for better or for worse. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I get that it's subjective for everyone, that it evolves just as we do. Um, I've changed a lot over the years. And I'm sure if I looked back on my social media from 15 years ago, I'd be wanting to clean up and delete like crazy. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's important to keep those things in mind, but it is a pretty great tool that gives us access to a lot of people and a lot of things. And I'm not just trying to be an, an advocate for it, but the fact is we've got the opportunity over the last year and a half to continue training, continue interacting from home. Uh, while we're forced to, to shelter in place. And uh, it's been pretty invaluable for that reason. I get to know Nathan Leverton, for example, because of social media. And uh, that's a pretty amazing thing in my life to be able to do that. And you as well, Will. Mick, obviously, I know already. So um, it's pretty cool to, to have access to that. And, you know, we all just try to encourage each other to be level-headed about it in the meantime. And if you've got people that choose not to be, well, then I guess they tell you something about themselves and you choose what to do with that. I liked how you brought it round and said some positives about social media because it is it, it is ludicrous, but also we make connections through it. Often, if I didn't speak to someone on social media, I wouldn't speak to someone all day most of the days um, until I'm at the gym. So I, I loved that. I thought it was great. I thought... So hopefully social media experiences continue to be uh, positive and productive for us, especially like in the UK as you guys are opening back up and getting new people through the doors. Um, it's a great tool and opportunity to have people find and access the programs that you guys put out there because with so many people not having access to individuals in their lives who have to use things like social media, something like martial art is an excellent alternative that gives them some confidence, some strength, some encouragement, and a tribe of people around them that can help support them and, and give them something different in their life than just the kind of endless echo voices that we see in social media and so uh, we have an opportunity to use one thing to help the other and that's a pretty cool opportunity thank you for being on the show with me today guys and letting me join in on the uh, uk reopening episode and thank you will and thank you for listening to the world of martial arts show Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.